If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pull back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Hey, everybody. Today, we are talking about why small businesses fail and what you can do to succeed. And I just again want to welcome everybody to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, your very enthusiastic host, Ursula Menches, and I can't wait again to dive in today. I'm going to introduce Ernie. So Ernie Silvers, all right, he is the, now listen to this, he is the MBA programs director at the Jack H. Brown College of Business and Public Administration at California State University, San Bernardino, California. Ernie's been teaching undergraduate and graduate level courses in entrepreneurship, management, and marketing since 2014. What's really cool is that Ernie has more than 30 years of diverse managerial experience in executive management, operations management, manufacturing, sales and marketing, human resources, and logistics. The bulk of his career has been spent in the automotive aftermarket, which is a $63 billion global industry. Just a small one. He's the president and CEO of... It's Eggie, like egg with an E, Eggie. It's a hard one. I meant to ask you. Eggie, Gene <laughs> Company, Inc., located in Santa Fe Springs, California. Eggie is a manufacturer and global distributor of internal engine components for vintage engine applications. As an entrepreneur, Ernie's the driving force behind Silver's Connection, a growing consulting practice focused on connecting people and business with opportunities for growth and profitability through lean concepts, process development, education, and training. He's also a U.S. Navy veteran who served six years and as an aviation electrician on C-138 aircraft stationed at NES, North Island, San Diego, California. He earned a master's degree in business administration from the University of Redlands, Redlands, California. He's also an active, um, an active member of Toastmasters, which right. we know very well, Imagine, um, and that's yeah. in the Inland Empire chapter. So, and he, at the end, he'll talk about how you could actually book him to come and speak at your event, potentially. So with oh, all of that, Ernie, you've had this really cool career and now you get to spend a lot of time with students on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. But let's start, I want to hear a little bit about your story, your background. Like what brought you to this, this position at Cal State? Um, and what are you up to now? So tell, tell was, us the story. I was a reluctant professor. I was working in the aftermarket, as, as you mentioned. Uh, and I was asked to 
speak in a marketing class, an undergrad marketing class. And I said, why would you want me to speak in, an, in a marketing class? I don't have nothing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was prompted to come to the class. Um, I stepped into class, I told my story, and that was it. I was hooked. And then it was a matter of, okay, how do I do this on a regular basis? And I became hired at the university, teaching one class, then it became two, became three. Uh, I called it my jobby. So it was a hobby, right? Because I had a real job. It was a hobby, and they were sending me checks. So that's my jobby, and I enjoyed that. Uh, but becoming very much attracted to helping young people grow, you know, like I said, three became four classes. Uh, yeah. On a bit of a dare, if you will, uh, someone said, hey, you should apply for this open position as MBA director, and here I am. So uh, once reluctant, but now you can't shut me up. So I'm, I'm constantly working with students. Uh, I do life coaching here at the college. I do career coaching as well as direct. And I also still teach. So that was part of the job. I had to be able to teach. Right. I, was gonna I get to do this uh, every day, every day, every day. So it's, it's amazing. I love it. Why? Tell us why you love it. What is it that you love about? I mean, because most of us never had a class in entrepreneurship. We were just kind right. of thrown into it. And like, here we are. And so I, I want to hear your perspective for our listeners all over the world who didn't have the class or maybe didn't even know that that opportunity existed. Probably right. The, the interesting part, um, and this is where I differ a tiny bit from some of my cohort in the entrepreneurship department. Uh, I tell students, if you were an entrepreneur, you wouldn't be here. You'd be doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Because most of the entrepreneurs, in, and I demonstrate this by bringing entrepreneurs into my classroom, and none of them have gone to college. Now, that's, not, that's a broad statement, but what I'm trying to push is that don't let your belief that you need an education stop you from doing it, mm. right? So I teach uh, self-management primarily that you mm -hmm. can do this. I can't make you, I can't wave my magic wand and make you an entrepreneur, but I can teach you the dance, I can teach you the processes, we can talk about it, and you can absolutely be a success as a small business owner, right? But let's don't confuse with, I'm gonna make you an entrepreneur, right? I will make you a very successful business person who demonstrates entrepreneurial behavior. Mm. Okay, but there are those who do it naturally mm -hmm. okay and then there are those who can learn to do it very well and if you're here asking me how do you do it best we can do is teach you how to do it very well <laughs> that's interesting that's an interesting point so i think what i'm hearing you say is that entrepreneurs are born for the most part and not made to answer your question shortly though i do think that some people are born with a personality type where they just go do it they do it and then they learn how to do it as they're doing it or after they've crashed it two or three times. They just do it and they don't yeah. let, hey, I don't know how to do this, stop them. Uh, the hypomania uh, is uh, kind of a cross between a uh, bipolar type two and manic depressive. So they're a unique personality. They're very driven, very charismatic, very driven. And some people are that way naturally. Others are not necessarily that way. And they say, hey, I'd like to do this. How do I learn how to do this? And I think sometimes we, we make it glamorous and sexy by saying, we're going to teach you entrepreneurship. Yeah. And really, we're just teaching you basic skills on how, one, to get over your fears, two, to go ahead and crash it uh, and, and, and be a successful business owner. Yeah. Crash it and keep going. Try crash it, it anyway. <laughs> you learn more from failure than you learn from getting it right the first time. The first time we call you lucky, right? But you yeah. learn more from, from the failures. Yeah, that's so true. And I mean, do you think we fail as entrepreneurs? Is there such a thing? Um, some people call it failure. I like to redirect uh, that thinking and not call it failure, but an outcome, mm -hmm. right? This was an outcome. You can't stop. This was an outcome. Okay, yeah. I know that doesn't work. Let's try something else. And, uh, but here, generally speaking, when I'm talking with students, everything is painted as failure and we're afraid to fail. 
Right. Say, no, 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 no. The only reason that you're afraid of failure is that you need to do it more often and understand that nobody died, nobody got hurt. It was kind of cool. Let's see if I can do it better. Right. And, and, and grow because failure, as we label it as society, uh, causes fear. We don't like fear, right? And you start arguing with that, that uh, lizard brain uh, who wants comfort. Right. right. And you don't want to be uncomfortable. So fear is uncomfortable. We don't like that. And you say, no, no, no. You have to redefine that. Mm -hmm. Don't apologize for being human. You feel what you feel. Embrace those feelings and do it anyway. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. I like the word, like for everyone who's listening, I think that's a great reframe instead of failure outcome. It was just an outcome. What'd you learn from it? What are you going to do differently next time? Mm -hmm. So on that note, talking about mindset, Ernie, what, are you, what do you think are the top two limiting beliefs that you see either in your students or in other um, entrepreneurs that you've worked with or been connected with? Limiting beliefs, um, yeah, I see a lot of imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. right? And I, I've just uh, become aware, we can either create our own imposter syndrome or we can let somebody else create it for us. And in students, I see that created where uh, sometimes outside pressures, uh, not to throw mom and dad under the bus, but sometimes outside pressures come in and have set these high expectations for students yeah and or they say you, you need to be an A student well you don't because C's get degrees too right whoa yeah I know I said that I, I said no that. I think that's truth keep going Honestly, that. The, 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 and, and so sometimes out uh, people in our who, who with um, loving intent and the best of intentions for you to have it have it better than I did create high expectations it's like the theory of goal setting. You can't set someone else's goals or you shouldn't try. And conversely, you shouldn't let other people set your goals. Yeah. And with students, what I see is the outside perennial pressure, putting pressure on them. And so they have this internal voice saying, I'm not good enough. I can't meet those objectives. And in entrepreneurs, some of my students are indeed running small businesses, right? Mm -hmm. On the side, they're still running it and they deal with imposter syndrome. So I see that a lot. Uh, fear of failure. We talked about that a little bit. Everybody has the fear of failure. Um, so I have uh, students do an exercise where they go out and do something. Uh, you know, what? when's the last time you did something for the first time? What would you do if you knew you could not fail? Those, those sort of things. And I have them do an exercise and go do something that takes you out of your comfort zone, then come back and present on it. You know, you don't have to jump out of an airplane. <laughs> don't do anything crazy. It can be as much as having a conversation, having a phone call, going someplace, taking a different route to work practice doing things that are uncomfortable become comfortable being uncomfortable you won't grow okay yeah uh speaking in public i can't speak in public i'm afraid to speak in public i don't like to speak in public right i heard you talking about that and how much fun you had speaking in public yeah and and um so i think all of those are housed under i can't i'm not good enough i can't and they they, they break out in a variety of ways so the limiting beliefs they put on themselves of not being good enough, not being able to perform, um, trying to help them understand that's not true. Yeah. So it's, it's challenging. It's challenging. I think it's going to be really great for your students to, to watch back. Some of these things you're sharing today can be so yeah. good for them to hear. Seriously, just like what you talked about, C's get degrees too. And I, I want to go back to that because it reminds me of a book I read um, so Dan Sullivan, anyway, it doesn't matter. But the book talked about the importance of doing things at 80%. Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm -hmm. And some of us who are, you know, more of an A type and try to, you know, make everything perfect before we get there. That used to be me. And I, I realized that that's such a waste of time. The A's, like working for the A in perfection every time in your business, you're not going to get anything done. Like you're going to get so stuck in the getting ready to get started. So just that idea that C's get degrees too, because especially if you're an entrepreneur, no one's going to say, Hey, can I see your transcript before I buy <laughs> that service from you? They don't right. care. What they want to know is whether or not you can solve their problem. But even more than that in business, we cannot as entrepreneurs get stuck in a, I, it has to be hundred percent every time. I don't know how many times I've talked to clients where they're getting ready to get started. The website has to be perfect. The business card. I'm like, no, like, get it done and you can make it, it better done. over time. Yeah. I, I say, uh, you can't wait for all the lights to turn green to leave the house. You, you have to just go. You have yes. to just go. And you uh, have to keep doing that. Like right. that never ends. <laughs> I employ, uh, Mel Robbins. Uh, you may know about Mel Robbins. She talks about the five second rule. You have five seconds, right? Yes. And, and I teach the five second rule to my students, right? Don't procrastinate, do it. You have five seconds. If you don't get it, somebody take some action in five seconds, you're just going to quit. Right. You're not going to get it done. And forget about the being perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can tune it. You can correct it. You can change it. There is nothing perfect on the marketplace. Stop being perfect. Right. A students have that challenge. Yeah. Well, and once you have your own business, you hire people who are smarter than you anyway. That's how you get it done. Hire that's, people who got A's in that subject. You know? That's what I learn. And this is what's what I teach. And that's why I bring entrepreneurs into the classroom to help demonstrate that I didn't know how to do this. And this is what they'll tell the students. I didn't know how to do this or I recognized I didn't know how to do it well. So I found somebody who could do it better than I, and I got it done. And I don't worry about that anymore. Yeah. Right. One of my entrepreneurs teaches, I can't keep a schedule. I already know. I can't show up on time. I can't be where I'm supposed to be. I can't do it. So I got somebody to keep my schedule. Guess what? Now I'm not late. <laughs> I love that. Right? Yes. So they, they don't know how to do things. Entrepreneurs typically, because we can't know how to do everything. Right. So I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to find somebody who does, and I'm not going to worry about that. I don't do my own accounting. Uh, no, 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 we don't do that, right? We find people that know how to do it better than us, and we focus on what we are good at. Right. Well, and not only do we not have to know how to do it, but why would we want to do it? Like, I don't want to do my accounting. I want somebody really good to put a PL report together for me, and I know how to do checks and balances, in, but I'm not. Like, if I had to do that, I would, yeah. I would shut my company down because that would just be horrific for me. So it's such a great reminder that do the stuff you're good at. And I want to go back to imposter syndrome because yep. I can't tell you how many people that I've had on the show who were, were entrepreneurs, are entrepreneurs, and have talked about it themselves. And so for, mm -hmm. for students and people who are just starting out, the thing about imposter syndrome is that it doesn't stop. No. There's always a new level and there's always somebody else to compare yourself against. And the sooner you can get out of that trap, the better. And, and on this show, we always talk about staying in your own lane. Like what is your lane? What is your unique lane? Like you can learn from other people, but don't try to be them. Don't try to you know, like, just be who you are. That's a big challenge uh, for students and for most people, but I see it mostly in students of understanding who they are, being okay with who they are, being comfortable in your own skin. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. I said, look, God created only one of you. There's only one of you. Be you. You don't have to be like somebody else. Be yourself. Be comfortable with yourself. Warts and all. People are packages, right? right? Don't focus on I'm not this, I'm not that. Focus on who you are and what you do and do that well. 
Right. And, and for, I mean, it's amazing that the students can hear that from you because for the rest of us who are listening, who are adults, who are still having this show up, right? Like, yeah. It's a thing for all of us to be reminded of, like, you've got to like, look in the mirror and think about what makes you unique. There was, I was reading another book. I read too many books, but they were talking about how ev like every student at Harvard thinks that they were the one that they were the last one to barely get in. They all think that, right? They, you know, this imposter syndrome there. And I think it's, it's kind of an epidemic. So I'm glad, I'm glad we touched on that. I want to keep going. And what do you think? So, you, you know, as you're teaching entrepreneurship mm. and you're connecting with students and entrepreneurs, what do you think it takes for a new entrepreneur to be successful? So someone who's just starting out. Three words, um, focus, passion, and commitment. You have to focus, you have to know what you're doing and do that. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's like if you're driving a car, you have to look out the windshield. If you're looking out the side windows, you're gonna crash your car. You have to stay focused on what you're doing and you have to do what you're passionate about. If you're not passionate, why do it? Someone who works at Disney one time told me, um, we have a belief here that if you can't have fun doing it, why would you do it? Mm. And, and sometimes people understand or they don't understand it you should find something that you really enjoy doing because right. you're probably pretty good at it and focus on that. Don't worry about what you can't do. And then you have to be committed. You have to be that no matter what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm committed to getting this done. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to build this business. I'm going to develop this product. I'm going to talk to these, whatever it is, you have to be committed. So you need passion, focus, and commitment, I think. Where do you think of those three, where mm. do you think most entrepreneurs get stuck especially new entrepreneurs focus focus because they start looking around they start looking around right oh, oh i need to do that oh i need to do that so they, they lose their focus yeah because as entrepreneurs like if that's how your brain works like there's always the shiny object there's always yeah. i was just working with a client and she had so many product offerings and i just said all right um in her case i should say services it was you know so many services too many like she, she was just getting started I'm like you need three and do that really well. You could grow a seven-figure business with these three. And she was like, whoa, because in her, her limiting belief was all about, I had to have all these services to offer to get to, you know, her stretch goal. And I'm like, that's, that's not even a thing. So narrow your focus down. Mm -hmm. And what about commitment? Like, what does that mean to you? Commitment is no matter what, no matter what, I'm going to get this done. There's a lot of people uh, who will help you or at least try to persuade you that you're not going to get it done, you're going to fail. And again, we already have that problem within our own head, mm -hmm. right, of talking ourselves out of it with imposter syndrome. And if you don't stay focused and committed on what you're going to do, it's a no matter what, I'm going to make this happen. And understand it's not a straight line. Success is not a straight line. Yeah. Right? It, it's, it's all over the place. It looks like a, a soup sandwich, if you will. It's a mess. But you have to stay focus on where you're going to go and what are you going to do? And no matter what, I'm going to be there and understand that there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, there's going to be failures, there's going to be successes, but I'm going to get there. I think you need people around you that will support that as well. You so need true. to be around people who have the mentoring, right? Mentoring, networking, very important. You need to be around people that will help you understand, Hey, this stuff happens. Don't worry about it. Let's keep going. Yeah. yeah. I need that coach. Yeah. And so let's talk about the no matter what piece. And because on a, on a regular basis, I will say in my own life and business, there's a million things I don't want to do <laughs> my business. Like it just, it, like it's a, I mean, there are so many things I'm passionate. I'm pat I love doing this. I love my show. Yep. I love training. 
being in, you know, in front. I love speaking. I love writing on most days, but there's still some times where it's like, you know, there's some project or some piece that I only, I can do in my company for whatever reason. Right. And I got to push through it. So how do you like, how do you encourage your students to like push through the things they they're fighting? Cause in the beginning you do a lot more than you do maybe two years down the road. Mm. Usually scheduling, right? Prior prioritizing yeah. and scheduling. And uh, I read a book once called Eat That Frog. <laughs> right? Eat oh, That Frog. And our friend a, Brian Tracy. It was about doing what you hate to do first. Yeah. Get it out of the way. Right? So there are some things in all of our lives that we have to do. Do it first. Because if you procrastinate, like Tony Robbins says, procrastinate later. Do it now. Right? Do it now. I mean, and for a lot of our clients, it's in the beginning, it's sales, right? They don't want to do sales. They don't want to make the sales calls. And it, calls. Right. It's such a great reminder. Or even follow-up emails, like just the follow-up uh, with prospects. And we used to talk about that too, the importance of getting it on the schedule early in the day so you get it done. Oh my gosh. All right. We're going to keep going. So we can talk all day, but I want to dig into oh. your opinion. This is you. No. Why do you think... <laughs> In all of your study, your reading, your personal experiences, why do you think so many small businesses fail? Because they're in it for the wrong reason. Ooh. They don't know why they started a business. Um, and they didn't really create a company. They just created a job. Yeah. I see a lot of folks say, oh, I'm going to start this business. Really? Why? And the reality is because they don't know what they want to be when they grow up. They don't know what kind of job they want. So they end up creating a job, not a company, right? Uh, Sometimes they see the business as an extension of their own personal ATM. So if you cannot separate your life from your company, you're going to fail. The company has to be a separate entity. Now, it is very much a part of our lives because if you're starting a small business, you become yeah. that business. It's part of what you do. Right. But you have to see it as a separate entity, not just a, I couldn't get a job, so I thought I'd start a company. <laughs> it's not that, right? And, and so it's a myriad of things. People start treating it like their own piggy bank. Uh, they lose that focus. Right. So, so like what you're saying is they, they might just start a part-time consulting practice and they're still running money through their personal account or it hasn't been set up separately. It's not really, they're not super passionate yeah. about it. They just need money coming in. So it's more about the they're money not, than about anything else. Yeah. They're not focused on growing the business and providing service. And especially if you're chasing money in your company, if you're in, in business because you need money, that's the worst reason. Because yeah. now you're not customer focused. You're only focused. You don't see people as someone where you can bring value. You're not bringing value to the market. I see you as a paycheck. You're just a check. Can I serve you well if I see you as just a check? No. Now you're a thing. You're not a person. I can't help you. Money has to be a result of what you do, not the reason you do it. Yeah. Now, we all cash the checks. We don't send them back. Don't get me wrong but you can't do anything for the money. You have to do it because you love doing it. You're passionate about doing it. You want to help people. You want to provide a service. You want to bring value. And the money is a result of providing good value. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes people can get it confused because they're doing everything in the company. So they're, right. then, it, then they're just chasing a paycheck. Whereas if they were just doing what they love inside the business, and what they're passionate about. Cause I think sometimes people get that, they, they think, Oh, I just, you know, I thought I was going to love this. I hate it. Well, when we start to pull it apart, they hate it because they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing and that aren't their skill set, Right. And when they go to the parts that they really enjoy, so I think that can be separated. But you know, for those who are listening, like underneath that, if you're just chasing a paycheck, it's probably the wrong kind of company or it's the wrong business in the first place. And not everybody should be an entrepreneur. I think there's yeah. that other piece. There's this, this, this 
belief and this fancy that it's like, oh, it's so much freedom and it's just ease and grace all the time. And we all know that <laughs> there are moments where it's awesome and there are moments where like you got to dig in to keep Not going. so much. There's a huge myth that I like to expose uh, to my students and to other people that the, the myth suggests do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I'll say that's nonsense. <laughs> do what you love and you will bust your butt every day of your life, but you'll have the biggest smile on your face like you swallowed a banana sideways. You'll be happy about it. You'll be exhausted, but you're loving to do it. You'll work you harder it. at it. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. Like if you don't wake up every day loving it, it's time to take a good look at what you're doing. Might be time to take a look. <laughs> so you're an expert in, in many things. I know you don't love that word, but I, you know, I, oh. you, are, you have the 10,000 plus hours. So, um, but specifically you work a lot with your students and other people in the area of personal and professional development. So we want to peek inside the classroom. Like what are two to three strategies that you teach your students on a regular basis? Okay. We've covered them. Uh, well, what I like to do is expose people to the idea of the lizard brain, right? The fight, flight, or freeze mechanism and how really it wants to be comfortable and cozy and cuddled up in a fetal position in a dark room with no noises. So that is a limiting thing that will keep you from doing almost everything. Uh, I help people understand you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We talked about that a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you hate to do it, like public speaking, that's exactly why you should do it to understand that it's gonna be okay. Um, I like teaching people, or at least exposing them to the concept of learn to laugh at yourself. Mm. Don't take yourself so serious. You're going to mess up. Enjoy the experience. Mess up. Now, as long as it's not illegal, immoral, indefensible in a court of law, yeah. and you weren't being willfully negligent, but you're going to make mistakes. So what? Who cares? Enjoy it. Laugh at yourself. Don't criticize yourself and say, huh, look at that mess I get to make. I get to clean that up now. Right. right? And just become, take it easy on yourself. Mm -hmm. We put too much pressure on ourselves. I do an exercise where I'll have students pull out their cell phones, which otherwise is an absolute nasty no-no. Uh, pull out your cell phone and turn on the camera, flip it around, and let's take a selfie. And I have them all take a selfie. Now, they think this is big, big fun, right? The camera's out. Here we go. We take a selfie. And I say, okay, now look at that picture. And, of course, they're looking at a picture of themselves. I say, that is your worst enemy right there. Mm. You will talk yourself out of everything you allow yourself to talk yourself out of. So just remember that that can be your worst enemy yourself because we're harder on ourselves than anybody else. Yeah. Or what I'd like you to do is learn to become your biggest fan and give yourself a break and start encouraging yourself and coaching yourself and pushing yourself to do everything you want to do. Yeah. Well, it's so easy. It's so like we say things to ourselves that we would never say to anyone else on the planet, even people that we're not close to or don't like, right? Like we just never, we say these things and it's like that, like how, how, I mean, becoming your biggest fan while it's a challenge is one of the most important things I agree that you can do and laughing at yourself. I can't tell you how <laughs> this show, I laugh at myself. I've had people tell me to add, like, they love the fact that we don't edit all the blunders out because they're like, it makes it real. <laughs> and they actually say, they'll say, well, it makes me feel like I could do it too. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. And the videos I do right. totally imperfect. I mean, that's the whole point. Like if people can't connect with you, and mm -hmm. in this day and age, yeah, we can edit everything, but that's not a connection. That's not real. So take the pressure off that it has to be perfect. I love laughing at yourself. I'm, I'm kind of going backwards because one of the things you talked about was being the, the idea of being uncomfortable and stepping out 
to speak in public if that's your biggest fear. And we know that is a lot of entrepreneurs' biggest fears, a lot of people's biggest fear. It was my biggest fear. I actually had a, a phobia, I had glossophobia. I don't have it anymore, but it was like, really, I would rather have gotten hit by a bus, knock on wood, glad that didn't happen, before I got on a stage. And what it took, I was just talking to someone else yesterday, like what it took for me to get on the stage and deliver mm -hmm. was like, I don't even know how I made myself do it. It was beyond like what I can even comprehend in this moment. I it can't even explain like what's in my head because when you see me on stage, people think, oh, it's so easy for you. Yeah. Like 20 years later, it's easy for me. Right. But the reason I had to do it is because I was called because I knew that was part of my purpose. I felt the calling and I didn't understand it at the time, but I felt the calling. So I kept going, I kept going, I kept going. And so I, I just, I want to chat about this for a minute because for everyone who's listening, there's something they don't want to do right now that's right in front of them. Whether yeah. they're a student, whether they're an entrepreneur, whether they're thinking about being an, becoming an entrepreneur. And it's like, it's like right in front of them. And it's the thing you don't want to do, but it's the thing that will take you to that, that next place. So Ernie, I want you to tell, share a story with us. Like what is something, thinking of all the stuff you've done, the roles that you've been in, what is one thing that you definitely did not want to do, but it was the thing that brought you to the other side? <sighs> I, well, I, it wasn't something I did want to do, but I'll tell you, it's something that I agreed to do, not realizing what I agreed to do. Yeah. Right? So they asked me here at the college, would you mind uh, hosting a luncheon? Now that sounds cute, right? A luncheon. Yeah, right. How many people are going to be there? Right? 10, 20. How many people will be there? I show up to the room. There's 300 people in the room. Ouch. Yeah. And yay. So now, I'm, now, now, right? Now I'm reaching for everything I think I know. Ernie, it's okay. You teach this stuff. Remember, you teach this stuff. You can do this. And I got to go on platform and now present. I'm MC of an award ceremony with 300 people in the room. Mm. And what I discovered is, and you know this, when you get on platform, you get into a zone. Yes. Right? But you have to allow yourself to get in that zone. And it's like doing anything else. You have to focus on your audience, not on yourself. Right. right. Stop thinking about what you feel. Think about the presentation. Think about the show. Think about the audience. How are they going to benefit from you standing up here doing this deal? And once I got done, that was my jumping out of an airplane moment because I don't need to jump out of an airplane. When I was in the Navy, they taught me there is no reason to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. So I don't do that. But <laughs> right. thinking in front of 300 people when I'm thinking of maybe I have a dozen, that was fun. Now I realize it's not really a deal. You go up there and when I teach speaking, I teach something similar. Listen, don't apologize for being human. You have emotions, you feel what you feel. So if you're feeling nervous, you're identifying that with fear, but what that is is your body getting ready to perform, mm. right? So the endorphins, yeah. the adrenaline's going and you're firing and you're getting ready to perform, not fear. You've misidentified that. That product has the wrong label on it. Let's put a new label on it. My engines are warming up. I'm getting ready to play. Yeah. And when you have to talk yourself into that, right? That's fun. So do you ever use that stuff? Someone one time asked me, you listen to all these tapes. You ever use that stuff? Yeah, I do. Every, every day. day, right? <laughs> every day. Wow. That's a great, I love to, to put a different label on it. And, and such a great example of what was on the other side for you. It was like, yeah. it wasn't a big deal. You learned you can to do that. that. And now Bring you share everybody. You just shared that story with thousands more people. So it's even more, but a great reminder for everyone who's listening. Like you've got to step through that thing that's in front of you. Well, Ernie, yeah. we are out of time. I just want to thank you for being here. And if you could kindly share 
your contact information, I think it's through LinkedIn, like what's the best, is that the best place to find you? LinkedIn is the best place to find me. Uh, I'm also on the Cal State website under MBA, or they can email me at esilvers at csusb.edu. Uh, but LinkedIn would be the best. That's, that's the, the fastest place to find me. Great. And I know you post some motivational things there. And if someone wanted you to MC their next event or speak at their I'd next be, event. I'd be happy to do that. I love to do <laughs> MC work. I love to do panel discussions. Uh, I love talking about helping people leave their comfort zone. Love it. And, and spreading that gospel of you can do this too. I just have to help you understand how. Yes. And getting people to take action. So yep, absolutely. I love it. You're speaking. That's why I wanted you on the show. You speak our language and staying out of the comfort zone. So thank you so much again for being here. We wish you an epic 2020. And thank uh, you. yes, your best year yet. And I want to thank our listeners all over the world. If you haven't yet, go to salescoachnow.com forward slash gift. We have a really cool PDF on six secrets on how to double your sales. If who doesn't want that, it's easy. You can print it out. It's one page. It'll keep you motivated, get you to that next level. I'd also love to partner with you on your next event. You can learn more about our conferences and sales training sessions at Ursula Minchis, and I'll spell it, U-R-S-U-L-A-M-E-N-T-J-E-S.com. You can see all the latest keynotes there as well. Because you are a podcast listener, you get a special, special price to come to Sales Camp. We do 10 a year, two in San Diego, eight in Minnesota. I would love to see you out at a live event. They sell out. We cap them at 25 attendees. So if you're interested, email us at contact at salescoachnow.com and mention in the email that you are a podcast listener. We had someone fly in from the East Coast recently. They, I've never met them before. They heard me on the show and they ended up at Sales Camp. So we'd love to see you there too. Finally, if you love the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. I, someone just left a review yesterday. We appreciate it so much, and it helps other people see if the show could help them as well. And share it with your friends. Thanks for being here. We love hearing from you. Um, you can always email us at contact at salescoachnow.com, or you can email me directly at Ursula, U-R-S-U-L-A at salescoachnow.com. I love hearing from you, and I want to hear, like, what's going on? Are there topics that um, were meaningful for you? Are there other things that you want us to talk about? I'm doing a lot more solo shows. I've been getting a lot of emails about those. And so thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying them. Remember to leave a review on iTunes so you can talk about what the show means to you and share it with somebody else. Thanks everybody. And make this your most epic month yet. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now.